hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor are always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Yeah, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 144. Thanks to the very good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about them and their Nighthawk router a little later in the show, uh, but joining me, Trevor Long, each and every week here from Tech Guide in the Tech Guide headquarters, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Good to be with you once again. Very good, mate. It's uh, it's actually quite an interesting week because there's nothing just ridiculous standout, but there's just a fair bit going on. So we're going to try and uh, smash through as much as that as we can. Plus, we will have the return of Stephen's minute reviews at the end of the show here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. And it was hard to pick. Our first kind of three stories, as people listen, will you'll probably realise they're kind of top billing altogether. But I thought we'd kick it off with the uh, with the in in game uh, NSA spying allegations. I feel sorry for Angry Birds. They cop the majority of the publicity around it. Um, basically, Edward Snowden's out on his high horse again, chatting about stuff and suggesting that the NSA are are able to get data out of games like Angry Birds. And while, um, you know, it's concerning for any piece of data, personal data to get released without your information, you've got to set the record straight here. This is not Angry Birds, the Rovio, the people that make the game cooperating with the NSA. This is the NSA, like any, frankly, any good spy agency, uh, intercepting data uh, around the internet as it happens and trying to use it to, to their best benefit. And essentially what's happening here is when you download all these free apps and they've got little ads in them, those ads are delivering data back to the ad company, which says, you know, it's, it's, it's a bloke uh, in, in Sydney, he's on an iPhone, um, and they might know how often I've used the app, you know. And that mm. information gets sent back to the ad server, and the NSA is probably intercepting it and, and then going, hang on a minute, this bloke moves from Sydney to Melbourne every five days. That's a bit unusual. And, you know, you can start yeah. drawing a, a, a long yeah. bow. And, and that's what they're doing. I'm not – I don't really care. Well, I, I think yeah. Well, it, it's first of all interesting and 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 quite surprising that the NSA would would go that that route through the apps. Mm. I think it's not unusual. People must expect that some of their data is shared. I think when they're clicking accept, 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 when they go through yeah. all these uh, screens, they're actually agreeing that some of their information can be shared. Not necessarily with the NSA, but with advertisers and things like that. So it's not foreign to us. Um, Edwards, the fact that it's come from Edward Snowden, he could leak the fact that uh, Santa Claus really does exist and he'll assume that everyone believes him and thinks it's right. Yeah. So there's that sort of question to it as well. I know he's on a hiding to nothing here. He's sort of he's spilling, he's spilling the beans on all of it. They don't call him a whistleblower for nothing. <laughs> but um, the uh, it's interesting, though, that only last month, I think, Barack Obama came out and said that he was going to announce restrictions, new restrictions to protect to protect privacy from government surveillance mm. uh, using uh, you know the internet and smartphones, but 
this was before all this news broke about yeah. the information being gathered from the app. So uh, I'm not sure how that's going to play. You also mentioned the fact that many of these app developers, in fact, all of them were, were not aware of, of the NSA using this information or tapping into this information. So, but I think bottom line, it's not a foreign uh, pros- uh, concept, the fact that a data is collected like this. Yeah. It is surprising and disturbing for some that the NSA of all uh, agencies are doing it. Yeah. Look, I think what people need to realise is this is this is new ground for the developers. It's new ground for the ad agencies. It's new ground for everyone. And what I predict will happen over the next 12 to 18 months is you'll hear a lot about encryption. You'll hear a lot about that word being used for everything. And so basically, even the data between you and an ad server will be encrypted. And, and that's what will stop any government agency getting access to that data unless they are specifically working with those companies, which they're not, as has been admitted by, by the, those companies. They're not dealing with the NSA. The NSA is just grabbing information which is floating around. I'll give you an example. I... Uh, for some reason, I went to eBay today and I couldn't remember my password. I, I hit request password. Now, my password was sent to me in an email. The, the actual password was written in the email. Now, normally <laughs> you'd get a link to reset it or something like that. Now, because yeah. my password was sent via email, it's in plain text, plain sight of someone who might have been kind of electronically listening to the internet at that moment in that pace and all that kind of jazz. So that's what happens is it's the transmission of data unencrypted that agencies like NSA are getting a hold of, utilising and perhaps, um, you know, and trying to form think- some basis of allegations. We don't want to downplay this. I remember last time we we shared we spoke about this kind of uh, um, data being shared, and I remember there was a couple of people tweeting us saying, "Oh, yeah, this is you guys, and this you're taking it too lightly, and oh, it disturbs me that this information is being shared." Hmm. Um, I think that at at that time that we, that this person was in, was inferring that maybe Facebook and Google are selling this information to government agencies and things like that. That wasn't the case at the time. That's not the case now. But we're not downplaying the importance of this story. But we just want to point out, well, I want to point out on our behalf that this isn't like they're not going to find out that Stephen Fennec is playing Angry Birds in Pagewood on a on a, on a Wednesday night. No. They're not going to know my name, my location and my address. It's my age, possibly my sex and where I am. Yeah. So it's not personal information that they've they know exactly who I am, where I am, what I'm doing. That's not the type of information that that the NSA is accessing. Mm. Uh, just want to make that clear. And look, people who are worried about it, there are things you can do now. Um, there's a couple of pieces of advice I, I, I've given recently, which is turn off location services. So by turning off your GPS, you're stopping any app knowing for any reason where you are and, and where you move. And that that app, that, that information that cuts out half the fun and half the use usability of the app. That Mate, if uh... people who want this not to happen can't yeah. have fun. I'm sorry, it's simple. The fun in life comes from having this information shared. Yeah. Um, and having this information available. Now, if I don't want my location shared, I'll turn it off. If I don't want ads in my games and things that uh, might potentially be using this information, I'll pay for the game. So you pony just... up for the full version. Correct. It's five bucks, people. I mean, you know, go from 99 cents to five bucks and you don't get the ads. So there's there's ways and means around it. And I think we are in a bit of a black hole period where Encryption will become important. I think mobile phone companies like Samsung and Apple will probably announce things, ways, settings that you can you know, press to, to opt out of things 
I think that's the next next 12 months of development Absolutely. in this space. Yeah, so. I, I agree. I think Tim Cook appeared on uh, one of the US networks, an exclusive sort of one-on-one talking about various things. And this was brought up, this whole subject of privacy, user privacy, and this information being gathered. And, and I think Tim Cook expressed on behalf of all the other major companies who were involved in those talks with the US government, they were dead set against this and they wanted to protect their customers. They didn't want their customers becoming um, exposed like that. Yep. So. You're going to hear a lot more about this, I think, Trev. Absolutely. As this bloke keeps opening his mouth, we'll keep hearing more about it. And and look, I'm I'm open to hear what people think. I love hearing from people. I think we both enjoy the the, the open debate we can have on places like Twitter. Great to hear what people think and, and let us know. You can follow us both on Twitter. Uh, Stephen Fennick with a PH and I am at Trevor Long. Well, it's pretty safe to say that 2013 was definitely the year of the smartphone. Uh, some research released by Juniper suggests that it was just shy of a billion smartphones shipped in 2013. The exact figure was 980 million units, which is a massive 39% year-on-year growth uh, over 2012 figures. So uh, you can tell what direction the world's moving there, Trev. You know, the 39% growth figure is what blows my mind. Uh, you know, for, for a, a product sector to grow that rapidly. And see, what we've got to do is put the perspective around, you know, Australia, America, and, and put them out of the race here and say, you know, maybe there's a slower growth there. But when you start bringing other nations who are getting smartphones at a later date, uh, you know, rolling out differently. They're growing so fast and they are such big markets. Now, that's where the growth's coming. And it's it's stunning to think that, you know, Samsung still leads the category. It's like 30% of the worldwide market. And that's why they are so big. That's why they have so much money. And that's why they'll continue to dominate. Totally right, yeah, and I think that Samsung, uh, they're continuing to grow, uh, their, their market share is increasing, uh, their, their their last quarter alone, they, were, they had like 300 million devices, actually 300 million for the whole year, but with, with a decent growth year on year as well, I think they had a 30% growth year on year, but um, you're right about the markets, that like there are still more people that don't use smartphones phones that do in the world, so you can see the markets like China and India and all these countries where there's a huge base of the population still using, for want of a better word, dumb phones that are now suddenly discovering these smartphones. That's where we're seeing that real growth. And I think this figure in a year has the potential to double uh, in oh. 2014 because so much growth is coming. Look, look at Apple's fourth quarter. Mm. In the fourth quarter of 2013 alone, they sold more than 51 million iPhones, and that that's a quarter on quarter growth of fifty one percent from this pre from the similar quarter of twenty twelve. Yeah. So amazing that, that they're uh, selling that highly uh, at, at the end of the year. That's only going to grow. But the surprise packet here is LG. LG of a, a real the real dark horse sort of moving up mm. the ranks, and for the first time they've eclipsed thirteen million handset sales in a single quarter. So that's that's uh, due to the new releases like the G two which was a pretty popular device, the Nexus 5, which they make in conjunction with Google, and that's going to be part of my minute review in a little while. But um, uh, interesting, too, that Nokia has kind of fallen down a little bit. Their their sales have dropped slightly from quarter to quarter. 
But still, though, they managed to sell 30 million Lumias in 2013, whereas they can only sell 12, 13 million in 2012. So that's still a step in the right direction. And just back on the emerging markets thing, I remember when I was in Singapore with HTC earlier, uh, late last year, um, chatting to some of the, the guys from India. You know, we're talking bloggers and things in India. And See, they've still got that thing where they get the iPhone months and months and months after us. So you've got to remember that even though we've had the iPhone 5S for, you know, many months now, it's still rolling out around the world. And so the growth in, in markets comes through the distribution as well. So every time big companies release phones, um, it, it ha- takes time to get it global. And so I those- think China, China's in the same boat there, Trev, too. Yeah. So they, they had it a few months after us. I think it took a while to, to, to really uh, stitch down that deal with uh, the various carriers in, in China. I think Tim Cook even went, pers- went over himself to China to, to see that launch through and all, all of that uh, put away. So that's another real growth area too. So no wonder they they had a massive fourth quarter. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, you can read more about the uh, worldwide smartphone sales figures at uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au is the uh, place to go if you want to have a look at the latest in uh, home and uh, small business Wi-Fi networking. I've got to tell you, though, the, the product to look at right now is the Nighthawk, the AC1900 smart Wi-Fi router. This is a awesome looking machine and it's not uh, it's not just about uh, looks this is this is built for power this is built for speed you got lag free gaming buffer buffer free streaming stronger mobile connections that uses the beam forming technology so you get better connections doubling your wi-fi speeds up to 100% faster than other routers with the Nighthawk. Um, it's an unbelievable product, and I was talking to Nitki today. The thing is selling like hotcakes. So it's uh, it's about a $319 product, but by goodness me, you'll get uh, Wi-Fi performance like you've never seen before uh, in your home, and especially if you're into uh, streaming, gaming, uh, and those kind of high-end uh, uh, Wi-Fi needs. The Nighthawk from Netgear, and you can check it out at netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, mate, there was an interesting story this week. Uh, and in fact, a couple of stories merge here. I was reading uh, your story at Tech Guide about, uh, I think it was Optus and some information about uh, people's mobile data plans. And then there was ACMA, the Australian Communications Media Authority, coming out and suggesting that uh, the telcos should band together and set a regulation where they no longer charge excess usage for mobile data. Instead, data is throttled, so your speed is slowed. Now, this is not uh, uncommon ground for for Australians. We get this on our home internet, and it happened to me last month. We went over our plan, and we were were slowed, and I had to make the decision to wait the month out at the slow speed or pay the extra. And I think I I fully support ACMA on this. I think I like the idea of basically you get that last alert that says you've hit your 100%. The internet slows on your phone, and you've got to make a decision. Do I want more data? Am I going to pay 10 bucks for a data pack or whatever it might be? Or am I going to just go without data and, and really slow speeds for the rest of the month? I, I think it, it would have a huge impact on Bill Shock. Bill Shock, we talk about globally a lot, but don't forget that Bill Shock in Australia alone, they estimate $1.5 billion is spent on over-the-top bills. So if you're on a $50 plan, you're paying $60. That $10 contributes towards that $1.5 yep. It's big, big money, mate. This Bill Shock has got a lot to answer for, whoever he might be, Mr. Shock. <laughs> He's... Uh... He's really hammering us here, but uh, in all seriousness, I think the, the the really the case is really highlighted by how many people are burnt when it comes to using data overseas. 
you hear all the horror stories. I heard one yesterday where a person thought their smartphone was actually connected to their hotel's Wi-Fi. They used it as a hotspot to then to connect to um, to their uh, laptop or that they, they were downloading a lot of things, movies and whatever, returned home to a $75,000 bill. So how do you, how do you justify that? I think... Um, this is sort of the part of the issue is the fact that we're we're taking our phones with us overseas. It doesn't just occur. We don't just go over data here in Australia. We sometimes go overseas. Uh, I think that companies, and, and there are some already, Vodafone and Optus are trying to follow. They're offering these packages for people who travel. Telstra, we're still kind of waiting for them to act. But um, Look, yeah, I think the I, issue, I like though. ACMA is that they've stepped in anyway. ACMA have thought, well, yeah. you know, something needs to be done. I think that... You, you think of the, the throttling that, that, that is being proposed here. Why, why would they want to do that when they can make so much money letting you go over your data? Well, and you, you mentioned yeah. your warning text messages. Those text messages don't always come through at the exact time. They could take up to a day to get through to you. And meanwhile, yeah. you're still happily surfing and downloading. So you, the, the, you know, the horse has already bolted. The point here is, though, People need to be aware. And, and yes, there's $75,000 bills overseas, but when, when a couple of million people every month are spending an extra $5, 10 and $20 a month, it adds up, and that's the revenue that the telcos are getting through lack of knowledge. And I think that goes to the kind of information that Optus was putting out and the story that you wrote on Tech Guide. That is a very good segue, Trevor. And uh, the, uh, the Optus study, uh, the research showed that most users weren't aware of how much data is on their plans. I think that the figure was 27% of customers don't know the size of their monthly data allowance. So if you don't know the limit, then the danger of you going over is increased. Um, so there's a few people, I think the study showed that 36% said they were concerned that what they were doing is going to exceed their data limit. And 30% said that they were, going to, they were worried they're going to run out of data before the end of the month. So Optus uh, came out at the, towards the end of last year with a very transparent new way of doing things called My Plan. So rather than you, you know, Mr. Bill Shock comes, comes into play again, rather than you getting a massive bill, you're just then nudged upward into the next yeah, data category, which is just an extra five or ten bucks on your bill. So it's quite clear, quite transparent of what you're up for if you do happen to go over. I, I like that idea, and I, I think we still have this problem where Telstra is the one that's not doing anything. So interesting times, although Telstra, we, we should say, and I, I haven't got the exact details, but they did come out with a, for getting data, they did come out with a, a suggestion last week or so that they, they would never charge more than like 150 bucks for calls. Like if you went over your call rate, there was going to be a cap on that. So I think they're thinking about it, but they're a long way off when it comes to data. How many people go over their call cap, you reckon? Well, I think there's probably the a data few. cap, mate. But, you know, the other thing I'd say is, and this is a kind of weird thing to think about, but I, I, was, uh, I was doing some cleaning up here at home. We're having a bloody garage, so would you believe? And I was looking through really old bills and tax and stuff, throwing it away. I found phone bills of mine from Optus when I had a mobile phone back in like 95, 96, 97. I was paying $300 a month because I was making so many calls and different things. Jeez, we've got it good these days when you can be yeah, on a $40 dude, plan. Was- that was pre-capped, so probably yeah. back then, eh? They were before the caps came in, and yeah, they just saw you as a sucker, mate, and they hammered you there. And, and, but imagine if we didn't have caps now. I mean, this is the thing. Yeah. You've got to kind of balance it out and say, we are, we're doing okay. So anyway, uh, you can read more about the Optus uh, information, the Optus study at uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we've all heard of heart rate monitors. There's plenty of them on the market at the moment that measure your heart rate and let you then 
customize your training or whatever you want to do uh, around that information. Well, uh, at CES, there was a, a very interesting product that was quite similar to that. But rather than monitoring your heart, this device called Muse monitors your brain. It's a brain-sensing headband. It's got seven EEG uh, sensors on board uh, that can detect and measure your brain activity in the same way a heart rate monitor measures your heart rate. So the information gathered uh, can, can help you. Uh, it, it gives you – there's an app that can give you exercises and games to help you uh, de-stress, to help you increase your focus, and just come to know how your brain functions a, a little better so that if you are feeling stressed out, yeah, there are training exercises that can calm your mind to help you mm. get your focus and concentration back uh, and, and get to work again. I think it's really interesting that this kind of uh, information, this technology has been developed to give us that kind of insight that we can then read on our smartphone and tablet. It really is. The only problem is you look like a complete idiot wearing it. So until they put it in a cap, do you know, I, mean, I think that's the logical next step is for it to be in some sort of headwear where you don't look like a silly, silly bugger wearing the thing around. You think about your jawbone, your Fitbit, whatever it is, um, you know, you're wearing these things. They're just a, a, they're a fashion accessory more than anything. So if, if this stuff can, can be put into, a, into a, something you just put on, like a beanie or, or a hat, yeah. and, and for people who need it, because this is not going to be, I think, for, for everyday people every day. It's, yeah. it's really for people who need that information. So rather than looking like an outpatient, you, you, can, you can actually look like an everyday person, but you're getting this information and, and yeah. it's benefiting your health. And it doesn't take too long to do. I think it only takes, say, two or three minutes uh, each time to sort of get get in, get your readings, play the game or the exercise. Uh, you can do it in private. If you're concerned about what it looks like, you can still do it in the privacy of your own office or your home. It's all about the looks for Trevor here. But uh, I, I was lining up to use this at CES. They had a stand with allowed uh, people to use it, but the line was quite long. I didn't quite have time to look around. But I did manage to see what was on people's screens and I could actually see the activity being registered. There's five different types of brainways that I've listed on my story of, on Tech Guide, which shows the different types of ways and what that uh, what reading that is from what part mm. of your brain. So it's, pr- it's pretty amazing technology. They've got it in this consumer product uh, that years ago you would have had to be hooked up to these massive machines and, and you know, w- would have cost you a lot of money to get this kind of reading. So interesting how far this technology has gone. And I'm keen when it comes out to try it because, yep. uh, you know, if there's some way you can tap into your brain activity and have more control mm. over how you use your brain, I think that's a real breakthrough. Absolutely. And if you want to check out more about the Muse Brain Sensing Headband, M-U-S-E, uh, you can read about it at techguide.com.au. I got an email today from American Express, and thankfully it wasn't that my bill was overdue. That was good news, but um, it was about an, uh, their, a passbook uh, application, which is something we don't hear a lot about. I think maybe it's Australian that, that we just don't get a lot of apps that, that are using it, but in America it's a little bit more prolific. But the passbook concept in, in the iPhone is actually very good, a uh, very simple way of storing information. Um, I've got uh, I've had Qantas and, and Virgin tickets on there that you just kind of flash. I had yeah, a quite handy. The Qantas tickets are great. Yeah, I had a, a CES entry pass to something on there. Um, I've got some a, nightclub, was it, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got <laughs> um, I've got Ticket Tech tickets to the John Farnham Lionel Richie show in what? um in where in March. is this? All on my passbook. And where was my invitation? Mate, you're welcome to come, but you don't want to come to John Farnham. I I'm know a that. Farnham fan, mate. Are you really? Absolutely. Well, if my Farnham wife doesn't want to come, then you're in. 
Your Farnham wife. Yeah, my, my so actual... You don't have... Your, it's not your wife we're talking about. It's your Farnham wife. Uh, my, my actual wife wouldn't go near a Farnham concert. If, I mean, right? it didn't, it'd end our relationship. So my, my best friend... with my wife, actually. My so best I friend, need a Farnham uh, wife Kirstie, or husband myself. Yeah, my best friend, Kirsty is my Farnham wife. She comes to all the Farnham concerts. Anyway, we digress. Passbook. <laughs> Um, so now you can go to this uh, website. I think it's uh, amexpassbook.com, and I, I, I wrote about it on EFTM. If you've got an American Express card, it's very simple. You go to this website on your iPhone. You type in your card details. You verify who you are. You press a button, and it adds it to Passbook. And then all that's in Passbook, you just open up the app, and you can see your balance and recent transactions. So you can keep a really quick eye on those transactions that are coming through to look for things that you didn't authorize. You know, if you've got multiple cards in the family, it's a very simple, really basic, uh, you know, balance view. But in terms of using Passbook, I thought it was a great application for it. So Absolutely. hopefully, hopefully banks adopt it. straight to the too. NSA. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you've got an Amex card and you want to have a look at it, just go to eftm.com.au. Well, uh, the other day it was a, a, a pretty remarkable birthday. Uh, it's the was the thirtieth birthday of the Mac. The original Mac uh, announced in January nineteen eighty four. The famous first Macintosh, unveiled by Steve Jobs uh, in uh, nineteen eighty four, and they had an iconic ad uh, to show. For, it was actually directed by Ridley Scott. Mm. Uh, the this was kind of the first keynote that Steve Jobs delivered, the first sort of very public event where they're releasing this cool new product, and I thought it was terrific for Apple to actually celebrate that because they don't often do that. Apple is in the habit of looking forward, forward not back. Looking back, mm. yeah. I thought it was really interesting that they actually took the time to celebrate the milestone, and it was a milestone. This this was a device that introduced personal computing to the world. It had the mouse, a graphical user interface. It was a real change and set the tone then for the future of personal computing. Good on Apple for celebrating the 30th birthday. Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of really good stories coming out of the US and it, 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 it's interesting to me because uh, um, next time you visit the uh, your, your Tech Life studio, you'll see this fantastic piece I have on the wall, which is the it's actually called The Insanely Great History of Apple and it has uh, a picture of every device Apple's ever made, and there's one thread of it which is the the Macintosh, and it actually has its origins in the Lisa, and and it's it's amazing to look at um, how this device, how this machine has progressed through those thirty years to what we we both have now on our desks, the the, the iMac, and you know I, I agree, it was great to see Apple celebrate it because without that device. You know they wouldn't have they wouldn't have uh, challenged computing the way they did, and we yeah. wouldn't really be in a space we are now. I know it's a really big statement to make, but I think most people agree that 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 device was revolutionary. Yeah, and and the ad that ran with it, I mentioned it was first mm. aired during the Super Bowl in 1984, directed by Ridley Scott. It was it was t- uh, uh, themed after George Orwell's novel 1984, and for those who don't know that novel, that's where the term Big Brother comes from. So yeah. the screen showed this man who was the supposed Big brother all the people sitting in the audience these sort of drones that all dressed alike all in drab gray colors which signified the way that computing was going there was very boring very straight no color to it and the woman running down the hallway and throwing a sledgehammer into the screen to kind of free these people from this boring existence it was it was a real iconic ad that i've actually linked i've I've put it on tech guide on my story about it as well as the original introduction by steve jobs back in 84 that's uh, i've put them on my story there so it's terrific 30 years on imagine what the next 30 years are going to bring 
I can't bloody wait. Uh, it, it, it is. It, it's a really exciting time. I think it was probably exciting back then, but I, I do think now is probably the most exciting time in technology in that 30 years. So check out techguide.com.au for both of those uh, great videos and a bit of, a bit of reflection on the, on the Mac computer. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, before we uh, crack into the minute reviews, I'll just uh, wrap up with a fu- with a fun little story we got today from uh, from I think the people at Finder. Now, Finder.com.au is a is a website that helps you find deals on different things, including credit cards, and they have a thing called Credit Card Finder, and they're, they're basically just trying to get attention to the fact that you can shop around for a credit card, find better deals, and they're throwing out stats about the number of people that 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 don't pay off their credit card every month. You know, they don't pay the full balance. And, you know, that's something like a quarter of credit card holders. And then of them, 50% actually make, you know, three unplanned expenses during the month. So you you can see it battling up and, and building up into, into a real debt. And they're talking about a huge amount of money across the country. And they, to, to highlight this fact, and, and really to get us talking about it, they they came up with and actually created a product, um, quite a good little piece of engineering called called the Credit Card Finder's iBag. And it's essentially a handbag that does several things. It uh, it has GPS in it, so it knows where you are. So a little light can flash if you're if you're going to a shopping zone, and it might kind of warn you not to go there. It also has a SIM card built into it, so it can it can also send a text to your partner or to yourself when you're entering that shopping zone to warn you not to. And if you are really struggling with your spending, it can lock the bag. So if this you are a, in a in this a isn't shopping an April zone, Fool's Day joke, isn't it? It's still January. This it is, is real. It is. This is this. Is, well, it's it's real as as much as it's a concept. I can't imagine okay. they're ever going to build it. But it's a concept product. But I was just thinking, I don't need an eye bag. Neither do you. We both got wives. <laughs> but my wife needs an eye bag. Well, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. interesting product though. I think. Um, but good that they're highlighting the fact. I think there was an interesting stat that was that uh, came through in the release. They said that Aussies have racked up $34 billion in credit card debt, or that equates to $4,422 per person. That's a lot of money, isn't it? It is. It is. And and, and the idea – see, what I like about this, I'm starting to get real a, a real buzz for, for the, the way devices can, can learn. It's not really artificial intelligence. It's just about learning and, and logic and the Internet of Things. And if you think about this as an Internet of Things device, and it knows that – you know what, if this handbag goes within a Westfield shopping centre on a Thursday night, maybe don't let it open. You know, that, that's kind of what it's saying. And, and I, I like the idea that, that technology can, can help with that. So interesting little product. Uh, you, you'll have it on Tech Guide and I've got it on eftm.com.au right now. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. I uh, I fired up the printer and I printed out every email I got saying, uh, you know, I'm missing Stephen's Minute Reviews. Oh. I, I know <laughs> CES was big and we, we churned out a lot of basic reviews over there, but yeah. hello, where's the Minute Review? So I've got this pile. It's about, oh, I'd say, you know, 30, 40 centimetres high of paper <laughs> uh, printouts because I wanted to really demonstrate how people love the Minute Review, Stephen. And you're coming sure. back with absolute strength with a couple of products here, kicking off with the Google Nexus 5. Start the clock, Trevor. The Nexus 5, built by Google and LG, even though LG owned Motorola, even if Google uh, Google owned Motorola, I'll get it right, 
They stuck with LG to manufacture the Nexus 5. Now, this is a pretty sleek product. Five-inch screen, 8.59 millimeters thick, 130 grams, five-inch display. What I like about it is the fact that it's, even though it's got a big screen, it's not a big device. It's only slightly larger than the iPhone, which has a, a screen that's an inch smaller. Uh, it's got the, but the the standout feature though is the fact that it's got it's the first device to run Android 4.4 operating system, otherwise known as KitKat, and you know plenty about them, Trevor. <laughs> the 4.4, uh, which has got a few cool features, including uh, an improved contact list, so it kind of knows who the people you contact most. If you're getting a call from a local business that's listed on Google Maps, it actually comes up in the ID. Things like that. Uh, it's also got a built-in pedometer as well, so if your activity trackers are pretty big at the moment. Powered by a quad-core processor, uh, it, it's it's obviously being a Google device. All the built-in Google features, YouTube, Google Docs, Maps. You can even talk to it. You just say OK Google, and it'll fire up a window where you can actually do it. T- t- ask for a search or type out a text message. Play your music. 4G. It's got 802.11 AC, which is the new faster Wi-Fi standard. But most of all. The price is very, very affordable. Three ninety nine for the sixteen gig, four forty nine for the thirty two gig. Only downside, in my opinion, doesn't have a micro SD card slot. You can't expand the memory. But Google want you to live in the cloud. That's why they give you access to Google Docs and all those things directly off the device. The price, pretty is good brilliant. device. The price is stunning, and it makes it a really compelling device. And I think uh, you know Samsung has to have a good look at that that device when they're when they're competing. But anyway, a great review, and you can read about that device now at techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick and a bit of back to school, mate, from our mates yes, at well, STM. You can't talk about back to school without mentioning this new product. Now, what do we take to school? iPads, uh, laptops, all those things. You need to protect them. In this case, STM have got a new iPad case called the Ducks. Now, this isn't for the iPad Air. This is for the Generation 2, 3, and 4 iPad, which is used still by a lot of students and a lot of schools. Now, if, of course, this offers all the polycarbonate uh, plastic covers so to protect your device. Uh, it sleeps and wakes the uh, iPad pad when you open and close the lid what i like about it though it's got a transparent back cover so not only can you see the personalization you might have put stickers and you want to maybe see the back of the ipad it's quite nice the back you see the apple logo but also it allows you to see the bark the scanning barcodes in case you're using a school owned uh device you can still keep the iPad in the cover and scan the barcode uh, through that transparent back panel. So the STM Ducks, uh, it is the iPad case available in red, black, and blue, priced at seventy nine ninety five. And that's a wrap. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Really encourage you to check out the Nighthawk. In fact, if you go to uh, Tech Guide at the moment, you'll probably see an ad for the Nighthawk there, uh, the Nighthawk router from Netgear. Great product. Uh, we'll be back again next week with episode 145, talking tech each and every week uh, with the latest news and information. Plus, Stephen's there on techguide.com.au with uh, news, reviews, and interviews on his own podcast and on, on the website techguide.com.au. Stephen, we shall talk next week. Yes, we will. Thanks, Trevor.